This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Good morning, everyone. This is Nate. In this episode, we're bringing you a speech that we did last weekend at an event here in Nashville called Freer Future Fest, which was put together by Students for Liberty. And we were there for an organization called People United for Privacy. I'm going to drop you right into the speech. The sound, my fault, they had a great sound set up there. I recorded our sound as we were coming out and I kind of messed it up a little bit. Okay, I didn't exactly do the greatest job, but I have a feeling you'll be able to get past that and hear what we were talking about. So thank you very much to People United for Privacy. Everyone needs to go to unitedforprivacy.com. So go to unitedforprivacy.com. Look at all the ways on their website that they are trying to protect your privacy rights uh, it's a great site with uh, a lot of great articles and videos, everything like that. So go to unitedforprivacy.com and I hope you enjoy the speech. But I would like to make sure, can you all pull your iPhones out? I want to make sure they're what all if you have a Galaxy? Um, if you have an Android, we already know who you are, probably. Yeah. We know you've had this technology for 10 years. We've heard it all before. But pull your iPhones out. I want to make sure they're out and that way mine's right there so. that way um and they're turned on that way the nsa and the cia and fbi can hear everything we're about to talk about and actually it doesn't even matter if you turn it off because they can hear it anyway and i'm stealing that from judge napolitano when he debated general hayden on privacy versus um security, security. and so uh, he made the argument that, and especially according to Snowden's revelations, along with many others uh, preceding him, made the argument that the government, uh, the the American government, is breaking the law by by stealing your information and and, and violating your privacy. And General Hayden made the argument that there has to be some kind of reasonable, articulable suspicion that we need to be able to access your data to thwart terrorist attacks. And that's what it's been since September 12th, 2001. Actually, I think they started on September 11th by, by noon that day is what, what someone was saying. But we're not just going to talk about all the NSA stuff and all that. I've already made like three NSA jokes so far, but I'm, that's, I'm pretty much out. I've only got two left. And uh, we're not just going to talk about NSA stuff today, FISA courts, all that, Edward Snowden. We will talk about that some. But the really big theme and the title of the talk today is No Liberty Without Privacy. And the big idea that we want to get across is most of us don't want a tyrannical government. 
I would say most everyone that would listen to this don't want a tyrannical government. We think that that would be a bad thing for for a lot of people. And while I was thinking about this, writing some stuff down, I was thinking what would be a way that you could stop that from happening? And when you look throughout history and you look throughout what's going on right now, what you find is that every single tyrannical government that there is out there does not allow the people to have any privacy whatsoever. And the idea would be that if you could hide some things... I don't even really want to consider it hiding. It's just having privacy. If you could have privacy from the government, that they wouldn't be able to do a lot of the tyrannical things that they do. And one of the standpoints I wanted to come from on this was the fact that Charlie's always been a really big advocate for privacy rights, and it really gets him heated. He gets very red in the face and upset about it. And for me, my thing has always been economics, and that's what I've always got, gotten really heated about. Not so much about privacy, just to be honest. And I think the reason why was because I had just given up. That there, that there just wasn't going to be any. Or that I, I did the general idea that, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not a criminal, so I'm not really worried about it. You know, who, who cares? That's just for all the criminals to worry can, about. Can I see your phone? It's right there recording right now. Oh, but you, would you let me just go through it? Uh, and I've been yeah. your best friend for 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Um, I don't need to. Can I have it for like five minutes beforehand? No. no. Just No, I just need to go through okay. it. Okay. We'll get back. I'll get back to you on that okay. one. Yeah. Okay. So the thing is, for all the stuff that we do care about, which is not winning the tyrannical government because uh, bad governments and bad economics have killed. Really, the most amount of people out of everything throughout history, if you if you think about it, bad economic planning, bad uh, uh, governments that have a lot of control have killed the most amount of people. Privacy is actually a really good way to stop that from happening. And what you see as they get more and more power is that they have to take that from you. Now, one question we have to ask before we get through all of this is what is privacy? And you have to enjoy this, this nice presentation that we have right here. Because... Some people don't even know what that means, really. And it's been defined pretty well, and I think that really comes out to your right to be left alone. I think you know, we're going to talk about the Constitution here in a little bit, although I think a lot of people don't really care what the, what the Constitution says. It might fall on a lot of deaf ears. Uh, but it really is your right to be left alone, and that comes down to a standard of the, the natural law, really, the natural rights that you would have as a human being is to be left alone, to be able to have things about yourself that you don't want people to know that they wouldn't know. Um, it's really an extension of yourself, all the things that you do. And so, and we're going to get into a little bit of the Constitution, but most people nowadays either say it's a living document or they don't really adhere to it, even the, the party that said they stood up for the Constitution for the longest time, the Republican Party, violated all the, all the time. Um, and so we are going to get into the Founders' philosophy behind the document of the Constitution, but you have to understand where all that comes from. And, and so a lot of what we do is we talk about the why, right? And, and the why is the story. The why is why they set up things the way they did. Um, and as Nate said, it's an extension of yourself. It, it all boils down to the, the natural right of property. Okay, so uh, John Locke, several other philosophers, boiled uh, things down to three main rights. You have the right to life, liberty, and property, that no one can 
take those from you. No government, no person. You have to give those up if you if you if they're going to be deprived of you. You have to do something to give those up. You have to take that from someone else, really, first, for that to be taken away from you. Exactly. Life, liberty, and property. So those are the three main things. Well, the right to privacy, the right to be left alone, um, and even even in the Fourth Amendment, as we'll get into, talks about your, your person's papers and effects. Um, so the right to be left alone is an extension of self-ownership. It's this belief that you own yourself, that, that you... Uh, control what you do, um, and that you very controversial idea. By it the way, it is. It's you absolutely own yeah. yeah. It's it's it blows people away that you could actually own yourself, um, and so you have a, you have the right to do with yourself as you please, as long as you're not infringing on someone else's rights of life, liberty, and property. And so, a lot of times, people will say, as Nate mentioned, that we don't care about privacy rights. We don't think it affects us. Um, we don't think that we're criminals, so we don't really have anything to hide. And so what's the big deal about privacy, right? We mentioned Snowden at the beginning. Edward Snowden famously said, the, the, the man who broke probably some of the biggest secrets the American government was keeping from the people, but he said, arguing that you don't care about the right to privacy because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. And I think that's a very powerful statement because, and I've been thinking about this deeply for a long time, which is why don't we have more outrage about privacy or the American government breaking their own laws? Or I've seen on TikTok recently that um, someone was made famous and even was interviewed by the news because they're following Nancy Pelosi's stock picks. Okay. Why is there not more outrage? They're actually making a lot of money just following what what her husband is invested in. They invested in the same things, and they're making a ton of money. So why are we not outraged about these types of things? And I think it's because people don't think it really affects them. But the conversation we're going to get into today is is why we care, but also what's going to happen in the future. Um, and, And again, I'll go back to this debate that uh, Judge Napolitano had with General Hayden, where General Hayden was talking about, well, you know, the NSA just collects metadata, and the policies and procedures to access your data is very stringent. Stringent, like it's very, you have to have twenty different people sign off and all this, all this different things. So they have these policies and procedures in, in place of that. But the question is, is who's going to have access to that data in fifty years? Who's going to have access to that data? The, the next president, right? Um, and so you never know who's going to be in control of those policies and procedures, which is why we argue on, we err on the side of your freedom and liberty than we do what could be considered reasonable to catch a terrorist. So the big question uh, that we, that I think could make some people care about privacy, although Let's be honest, in today's world, as long as it's not your side who's having any rights violated or your side that has power over another, you tend to, not you guys, but people tend to not care as much. That's not going to apply to me or my side. It's just going to be the other side that we need to worry about. So the question is, how do we get to tyranny? Because I don't think anyone on any of the sides of the aisle would like to get to tyranny because that can affect everyone. And the answer is... 
one step at a time. That is that is how you actually get to tyranny. No one is no one's going to sign a law called the Tyranny Act that's going to take away all of your rights and and subjugate you to the government and you can only do what they say to do. And I named a law just trying to imagine that there's a law. And of course there's a great acronym for it. taking your rights away needlessly never yields act is what they would probably call it. No one's going to sign it. No one's going to sign. No one's no one's going to vote for that because they might actually get voted out of office. But it's always it's always one little thing at a time and of course it's always for your safety. That's that's why they do it. It's to to keep you safe from the terrorists. That's is what they're going to do because your life will be affected by that or because we have to have all of the government programs that we have and if we allow people to have bank accounts that we can't look at then we wouldn't be able to collect taxes and then everyone would die is actually what would happen so it's actually still for safety all the time and in, and in 2016 um, one of the higher ups at the NSA was asked how many uh, uh, terrorist attacks or significant attacks did they thwart by all of the surveillance that they're doing that all the surveillance that was revealed that they're doing we probably only know 10% of what they're actually doing but everything that was revealed that's how being many, generous I'm yeah, sure. how many did they actually stop and he testified 47 testified 47 attacks and a lot of people are like oh great 47 you do 47 times 3 you know how many people died in 9-11 3,000 people I'm not going to do the math here live but north of 100,000 that's what people probably thought when they're like oh 47 attacks great then very next day he rescinded his testimony and submitted a correction and it was 3 Three attacks. And they couldn't give any information about them at all. He exactly. just said it was actually three. In 15 years, when this testimony was given, 15 years since September 11, 2001, they stopped three attacks. The is what they say. Though we have no idea what those could have possibly been. It's all classified. Um, and, uh, and one thing, so I pulled this, actually, this this uh, line right here. I saw this on People United for Privacy's website, actually. That privacy is for the people and transparency is for the government. And why, why would that be the case? One is because you do have those natural rights that you do own yourself. To me, deciding that people don't have the privacy rights that they want uh, is saying that people don't own themselves in the same way that taking their money against their will or forcing them to do something that they don't want to do against their will, that all those things that the government does says that you don't actually own yourself. And that's something that we're supposed to be against nowadays. And I, and I think that I think that maybe libertarians do a pretty good job at that, and a lot of people on the right uh, do a pretty good job at that. Okay, some people on the right do a, do a pretty good job at that. Like four. Yeah. It's like four. I'm not talking about the people that are on the right. I'm really the people in government. But but you're supposed to have that privacy. Now, the, the reason you want transparency for the government is because they have power over you. They can, they can do things that can completely affect your life. They could decide that uh, if you hadn't gone through one specific process, 
that you couldn't work anywhere anymore if they wanted to do if they wanted to do that. Uh, I have no idea what the, I'm spitballing, I'm making things up. Actually, that would never happen in America. They would never do anything like that. We don't have to worry about it. But they could decide things like that. They could decide that a certain percentage of your income actually belonged to them, which is saying that a certain percentage of your time belongs to them, which you have a fixed amount of for the rest of your life, which means they're saying that they own that they own you, basically. But we have a flip flop. We have a reverse right now. We have a very reverse situation where it's actually transparency for the people where we're supposed to fully trust the government, and the government can't trust the people. And here's an example of the government's transparency. Well, yeah, I looked up I looked up some stuff. Let me figure out what the government's doing. And I'll tell you exactly what the government is doing. It's this right here. And so now we know everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, they have privacy. The government practices privacy rights. For, for themselves and the things that they do. I'll tell you right now, I'm reading, has anybody seen uh, the Maturanian? The Mauritanian. Or Mauritanian? Huh? That's a real- oh, yeah, those are real. I just searched some government documents redacted, and okay, I might have cherry-picked some that had the most stuff on them, <laughs> but you get the point. <laughs> but right now, I'm reading Guantanamo Diary, which is um, uh, Mohamedou. It's his story about being locked in Gitmo for 15 years uh, without ever being charged for a crime. Um, and the, the, I'm reading the book. I'm actually listening to it on, on Audible. Um, and it's very difficult to get through because uh, almost every other sentence is redacted. Redacted. There's a, it's a different voice, too. So it's like, and I went and did that redacted. And this person redacted. Extended redaction, redacted, redacted. So when do we get to a place in America where you're not even allowed to tell your own story? Literally, the government will not allow you to even tell your own story about what actually happened to you. Because it's something that they did to you. That's, That's why. And I've never been... I mean, I've been furious about a lot of things, but I've never been more furious than trying to read this book and try to understand what happened to someone... And you, you can't even get not even half the story. And I challenge you all to go download this book called Guantanamo Diary. That way you go on the list. And, yeah, that way you're on the list. And uh, not only on the list, but also to try to get through the book and just see how many times it's redacted and ask yourself the question, is this a, a truly free nation? Is this a, a truly free place that we've been promised? But we're safe. That's yes. what we have to actually worry about. So in a, in a few minutes here, we're going to be talking about the Constitution, some, um, some past and present abuses that are happening, different nations, and the main overarching theme, which is that even if you don't care about privacy that much, as I was saying earlier, it wasn't something that really triggered me a whole lot. I just had kind of given up on it. I didn't, I didn't care about it as much as I did economics, but... I do care about governments becoming tyrannical because we know what happens after they do become tyrannical or governments that are tyrannical right now. And the the fact is that if you could keep some things from those governments, then they wouldn't be able to do the things that they do. You can make one simple rule like uh, you can't get in my bank account. You can't uh, you 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 don't have the right to know where I work or what I do for a living. That right there. 
would probably take the government down to a voluntary government overnight immediately because they wouldn't just be able to seize money from anyone. They wouldn't know how much money you owe them in taxes. It really wouldn't be possible. You can make, And that's just the privacy rule right there. The government can't know where you work. They can't know how you earn a living. And what do you do to the power of the government after just making that one rule? It's, it's gone. Now, of course, the government has to make that one rule, and that's never going to happen. Well, I would argue we actually already have those rules in place, as we'll see. And the, but the problem is, is, is what I mentioned earlier, which is there's no outrage until possibly now, where you were just spitballing, you know, how the government could actually mandate things and, and practice. I'm a conspiracy theorist, actually. Right, and practice yeah. the tyranny uh, through things that actually affect people that make them outraged. We're talking about vaccine mandates. Yeah, here. but United went from 59% vaccinated to 99% vaccinated. It obviously works really well. Yeah, never mind they laid off 1,400 workers <laughs> Do to you get del- to that percent. You delete the people. That's how you yeah, get to 99%. Exactly. Now they're all... Now we're, okay, now that we mentioned the V word, we'll say... Neither one of us are anti. There's your disclaimer. We're not anti-vax. Okay. You got a vaxxed and an unvaxxed right here. Yep. And we're still friends. That's Everything's right. okay. And, weird. We, and we both have COVID. Had COVID. Sorry. Did I say have? <laughs> <laughs> had. Had. We had COVID. That's what we had. I don't say that too loud. And so we're good. You guys are all good, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be fine. So running through the Constitution real quick, we'll preface this with the fact that For most people, I don't think making constitutional arguments really matters to them because they don't really care what people said back in the 1700s anymore. Those were just obviously a bunch of uh, racist white people that were terrible. We don't need to listen to anything that they had to say. They They didn't deal with the things that we have right now. But the reason I think this is really important is because we have all these cases that have come up, and I was reading up on all of them as we were gathering all this stuff for this for, for this talk. And the problem is when you look at like a precedent from 1980 or you look at something from 1925 or we had some big privacy cases in the 60s or we had some in uh, 1905, there were some big ones. Um, they, those don't hold up over time, really. They can just be changed again. And then you're really waiting for that specific ruling. And so while those are good, of course, when they, when they help people, when they safeguard people's liberty, it's not really the thing that I want to look towards and say, see, I have this right because this random judge in 1969 said that I have this right. That's not really what it is. I have this right because I'm a human being. That's why I have the right. I have the right because I was born and I exist. And the Constitution itself did not give us those. Of course, we we know that. It did not grant us the rights. It didn't say, because you're a human, we, the government, have bestowed upon you these rights to have as an American citizen. It said that because you're a human being, because you're a person, you have rights. We recognize that, and we're going to write something that says that this body of people with power can never take those rights away from you. But that is different from them deciding that they are going to give you that right. And so we'll brush over just a few of them that help with privacy and that are really, really under attack right now, for sure. Like, We'll just start with number one real quick. Um, Charlie, do you like the first one? Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Uh, so you'll notice here the, the first couple of amendments here that talks about how the government... 
um, can make no law or restrict the government, right? So the Congress shall make no law respecting a specific religion, speech, peacefully assemble, uh, the, and the right for redress of grievances. And so things Mo- like... Mostly peaceful. Yeah, so. mostly peaceful. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so so the, the government cannot stop you um, except for when they do, obviously, from assembling and speaking and telling your story, or for that matter, not speaking if you choose not to. Uh, so this was the very first amendment. Uh, you, one could argue the probably the most important to the founders uh, because they put it first, but also because without freedom of speech, you have no other freedoms. Because freedom, if you don't have freedom of speech, you don't have freedom of thought. And without freedom of thought, you have no freedom of being. If you can't assemble, you can't. The way that you change a government, we have elected leaders. We have a a democratic process where everyone can vote on who the leaders are going to be. And if you can't speak out against the government, and you can't assemble. If you can't do those things, then the government just becomes tyrannical after that because no one can speak out against them. And so they knew this. They knew that they weren't allowed to speak out against the king. They knew that people needed to get together and talk about all the things that were wrong and get the right information out there. And that is really, really coming under attack right now. And dare I say they knew people needed to get together to conspire against the government, okay? That's not necessarily an evil word, right? It's, but, but the truth of the matter is, is you need that freedom uh, to, to keep tyranny at bay, let's say. And it's, you need that why. freedom, and the government needs that threat. Exactly, exactly. They need, they need that incentive to not take away your rights. But if you look around the world where we're losing privacy, they've also lost all these other rights, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Second Amendment, uh, which everyone knows, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, right? So if you look at places uh, like China, North Korea, Venezuela, dare I say Australia, right, where... <laughs> where yeah, exactly, not only proof gun control works, but look at what's happening with the vaccine mandates and them having all the information, they're going to people's houses to ask if they're vaccinated right now in Australia. I'm so, I'm sorry, but what you just said, I'd never been, I'd never heard it in that way. But Australia is proof that gun control works, and it's working for its intended purpose. That is, that's really good. I'm going to steal that, and I'm going to say that Trevor was your name, Trevor. Yeah. But Trevor said this to us when uh, we were at Fear, for your future fest. But that is a that's good. Okay. <laughs> that's where you. That's where all the information comes from these days. That's fine. So obviously we're still talking about stopping a tyrannical government because we know what the really bad things are that come from that. Bad for everyone, not just bad for people on the right or that are libertarians. It's bad for people that are on the left too because you don't know who's going to be in control of the tyrannical government. I mean. Good Lord, if there was ever an argument for people that are on the left and not want a tyrannical government that has all sorts of powers, wouldn't it be the fact that Donald Trump was just the president for the last four years? Like, you really want the government to control all of these things? Look at your, you just said the president's a Nazi. You want them to control everything? It, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. So... We're, we're going to skip over the Third Amendment. We'll just tell you what it is. And, I, and I'll, I'll give you a little background on it because a lot of 
you have to remember when the framers were designing this constitution as white privileged and racist as they were um it it was it was based on a philosophy of thousands of years of research okay and so but also it was things that had directly affected them so the third amendment was you uh, the government can't quarter soldiers in your home okay that we haven't had that issue. It's not affected anyone. Right? I think we almost had that issue last year. We got close to it, right. depending on how many troops they right. stationed around the country. But, but then comes the Fourth Amendment, which is where we codify the right to privacy. Okay, Now, it doesn't actually mention privacy in the Fourth Amendment, but the Fourth Amendment states uh, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. And then it goes on to talk about if they are going to violate those rights, and the Fifth Amendment comes in play here with the Fourth Amendment, talking about due process of law. So if they are going to violate your natural right to be left alone, your natural right to be secure in who you are as a person, your papers, your effects, anything that's an extension of your self-ownership, right? We're tying this back into private property and why you own yourself. So if you're going to be secure in those things, the only way that the government can violate these rights is through due process of law, meaning that, and they lay it out very specifically here, that you have to be suspected of committing a crime, an actual crime, and they have to specifically name you and the things that you are associated with to be searched and seized. You have to be suspected based on a probable cause, by the way, not just a reasonable idea that you may have something to do with some type of crime, so we're going to look into everyone. Because re- I'll tell you, reasonable is my least favorite word that appears a lot in the Constitution because it's it's one of the most subjective words that there is because who determines what is reasonable at all? We've seen that change all the time. What is reasonable? And the the fact is that with the way that they did a lot of spying, the NSA did a lot of spying, um, they decided that they had a reasonable suspicion that people might have done something. They didn't do it based on probable cause. And those are two very different things. But we know, and I'll say one more thing about this, your persons, your houses, your papers and effects. It doesn't say cell phones. It doesn't say computers. It's like the Second Amendment doesn't say musket. Yeah, and that's if you're ever talking to someone that uh, say they're on, uh, say that, or you're talking to a Republican, and oh, we need that, we need that. That way, we make sure 9/11 doesn't happen again. George Bush kept us safe. All of all of these things. If they're ever saying that, well, it doesn't. The Fourth Amendment just says your papers and effects, and it doesn't mention your cell phones or anything. They didn't know that this technology is going to exist, well, then you're also admitting that the Second Amendment only applies to muskets or cannons, and that's really the only thing that you're ever allowed to have. And, of course, they would never agree with that argument because it was the idea that you have the right to defend yourself from a tyrannical government, that you have these rights. And so, once again, with the Fourth Amendment, you have to go to the idea that the government cannot search you, they can't violate your privacy rights, we call it privacy now, it's essentially these things, that they can't violate your privacy unless there is a probable cause, some type of evidence, that you have taken rights away from another person. And not that you just, by the way, we'll knock it into this, and not that you just broke a random government law that never hurt another person ever in their entire lives, but that you took rights away from another person. And then... 
you can have the potential to lose some of your rights also. But you made the first move on that. Now, why would the founders create the Fourth Amendment? Well, it was in it was a direct response to what was happening to them at the time, which is which is how they knew that the the that England was being so tyrannical because secret courts in London were sending general warrants to the to the officers in America and searching and seizing colonists property and people, right? So this is where this comes from. It's, it's, it was in response to the abuse of the writ of assistance. It was a secret general warrant that they had no control over. And so this was an, a, a specific response to the actual things that are happening today, which are general warrants created by secret courts, signed by judges that are sworn to secrecy that can't even keep their own records, and everything's redacted and, and, and secret. It's the exact same. The FISA court judges are not even allowed to keep their own records. Exactly. They can't. They can't. So you, not only do you not ever know what they did or what they decided on, depending on their age, they don't even remember what they did really at all, and they can't even look back on that. So the Fifth Amendment, I think, is a really important one. We, what we know from the Fifth, and everyone remembers, that you can plead the Fifth. You don't have to testify against yourself. You don't got. You don't have to give yourself up. But starting, Dave Chappelle might have taught you that. Plead the Fifth. Yeah. Nor shall, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against themselves, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Needs a law that's been made in pursuance of the Constitution, which says that the government can't do all of these things to you. Nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. And we could talk for the rest of the time about eminent domain and what just compensation is for a while. Because what happens to the value of your property once it gets out there that they're going to be seizing your property pretty soon? How many buyers do you have lined up to take that property? The compensation goes down quite a bit. They can normally get a pretty good deal once they leak that out there that that's going to happen. But the the really interesting thing I thought about the Fifth Amendment was that they knew, even if you committed a crime, even if you did do something wrong, that there were things that you could hide from the government, even if it was something that would be damaging to yourself and something that you did do. But essentially, not that you could lie to the government, you could lie through omission to the government. That they, even when it was someone who was a criminal, who did take someone else's rights away, that they did not have the right to force you to tell them what you did. And so since they believe that, how is it you have, they, they can force you to tell them what you did on any other daily basis when you're not a criminal? They even extended that rights to people who might have broken the law and take rights away from other people. So I think the Fifth Amendment right there is really, really solidifying the Fourth. It puts it puts the fourth in stone. <laughs> it etches it in stone. Um, the Sixth Amendment I thought was really interesting. We're just going to run through a couple more of these, and then that why is this important? Why is it that we want to keep our right to privacy? And once again, because we don't know where the government's headed. Right? Well, we know where the government's headed. We don't know how long it's going to take to get there, <laughs> and maybe we can slow them down just a little bit. But we do know where it's headed. Even though we're not there yet, we do know where it's going. And so the right to privacy could actually slow that down some. Um, in the Sixth Amendment, it says, In all criminal, pros- uh, all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to speedy and public trial. Now, Charlie's book that he's reading right now about Guantanamo Bay is probably pretty, uh, pretty contrary to that, I would say. But, hey... 
when you get outside the borders of the U.S., I guess the U.S. government can do whatever it wants to human beings. Now, what was super- which is which is by the way is actually not true because. The government is governed by the Constitution no matter where they're at, what they're doing, who they're prosecuting, who they're going after. They're still governed by the Constitution. That's the way it was written out because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land that governs not the people. It governs the government and what they're allowed to do. So it doesn't. This is why I'm so frustrated, frustrated about Guantanamo Bay. Not that. There weren't people in Guantanamo Bay that were bad people. You could make a case for that, okay? But because there were certain people who weren't bad people, who were held there against their will, without ever being charged for a crime. Now, most of you will sit here and be like, well, that's not going to happen to me. You know, I'm not I'm not committing crimes. But if we can look throughout history, and, it's, and exactly why the founders put this in here is because this happened all the time. It happens today. To about 90% of the world, right? People are thrown in prison without and never charged for a crime, or they're charged with political crimes or things that happen. This is happening everywhere, in Australia even, by the way. It's happening in Venezuela, which is a great example in our modern time. Uh, Cuba, China, anywhere you mentioned that doesn't have the same rights. And as we start, as Nate mentioned, tyranny comes in the form of one little thing at a time. So if we start... As, not even if we start, we did that. We already started. As we allow these things to continue, well, the writing's on the wall. We know where we're going, and so that's why it's so important to understand these things. Become outraged, as my friend Nate did here. He didn't care about privacy until recently. Become outraged enough um, to support organizations like People United for Privacy to to fund people and get behind these causes that are trying to put the brakes on what leads to ultimately death and destruction and loss of your freedom. The Ninth Amendment I thought was super interesting because it this goes to the idea once again that the Constitution doesn't give you rights. It says that you have rights because you were born, because you're a human, and it actually is just a big list of things that the government can't do. That's really what it is. You notice that it didn't say that the people shall have the right to free speech, and they shall have the right to uh, express their religion. It said that the government can't do anything to take those things away from you. It is a list of rules for the government. And they even put in there the Ninth Amendment, that there are rights that are not protected in the Constitution that you still have. So the fact that they weren't listed in all the previous amendments does not mean that you don't have those. And now we're about to, we're just about to switch into some of the things going on right now and things that are going on in different countries in our country. Do you know there's bad things about privacy going on in the U.S.? No. Yeah. I thought we were the land of the free. Well, the government has a lot of privacy, so you wouldn't know that. There's really no reason to. But there's one important thing here in the 14th Amendment, right here, that all persons born and nationalized in the United States are subject to the jurisdiction thereof, or citizens of the United States. No state shall make or enforce any law which abridges the privileges or immunity of the citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Why did they switch from citizens to person right there? I think that that's a really good question. They could have, they had already written citizen down a couple times right there, but they switched away from citizen and they put person. It means that this is a list of rules of things that the United States government cannot do anywhere to human to beings. anyone. Is really what that means. So let's talk about real quick. We know that privacy prevents tyranny. 
couple things about some countries that's happening right now. North Korea, right now, currently two to 300,000 different informers. You see, the way that they do it is you never know who you can or cannot talk to. You're afraid to talk to anyone. It's that's no, not happening here, though, right? I don't know. What do you need to tell me? <laughs> yeah. Nothing? You good? I, yeah, I'm good. Is there, some, is there something you've been doing? No, I don't want to tell you anything. It's cool, man. You can talk to me about stuff. <laughs> no well, it's been four years. The government purchased about 100,000 CCTV cameras. That's nothing compared to China here in a second. All computers are subject to random checks by authorities and must be registered with the government. A government registry of computers. Yeah. They're not even talking about guns here. A That's lot because of, they don't have cars. Yes. They, there, have, so they, they need something that. to register. And that's why they have the informers is because they can't do it through other technological means either, which is not really a laughing matter, except for today we'll allow ourselves to yeah. laugh about that just a little bit. Now, some of these things as we run through here, you might notice, well, they kind of do that in the United States right now, don't they? Yeah. In fact, they actually do. And that's why we're talking about That's why we're talking about this. China, 2005, the government created the mass surveillance system called Skynet. Because apparently they had never watched Terminator before. (laughs) And they thought that that was a great name. Or Or maybe they they did. Maybe they did. They're like, no problem here. Yeah. Yeah. I did, in fact, put the actual Skynet logo on the thing right here. That's the one from Terminator. That's not the one that China uses. 200 million CCTV cameras. In China, 200 million cameras. That's why cameras are so expensive. I don't right even know. there, because they bought all of them up. I don't even know how you watch all those. There's <laughs> a lot of people there. There's a lot of video. I don't know. Well, Skynet's watching it. Okay. You don't have to worry about that. 2018, the central government also adopted facial recognition technology, surveillance drones, robot police, and big data collection targeting social media platforms to monitor its citizens. You guys ever used TikTok before? By the way, obviously we know that's a commie Chinese app right there. If I put a video up that mentions China and government, they they don't allow it to go out to anyone at all. If I put up a normal, say I put up a Milton Friedman video, that'll go 15,000 views in the first day. If I put up a Milton Friedman video where he's talking to Phil Donahue and says that the China system is run on greed, then it gets zero views when I put it on TikTok. Amazingly, somehow does not go out to anyone. That's China. We don't have to worry about those things. That's, those are, that's China people problems right there. This crazy, tyrannical government problems that we don't have. The kids' brains are going to be perfect because they can't play video games during the week anymore. This just happened. They had already limited it to, I think, three hours per week or three hours during the week and then some on the weekends. And now it's only on the weekends for... Two or three hours right now. An hour of playtime between 8 and 9 p.m. on Friday, weekends, and public holidays. We'll never have to worry about any stuff like the social credit system, which rewards and punishes people for not being good communists. Not to worry about that at all. You don't talk about any punishments under the social... We don't have a social credit system here. We don't punish people when they do things that are that people disagree with and take them out of society or cancel them or do anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about what other governments do at all. We're in America. we got freedom here, man. USA. But my favorite part about this, though, is, so these are the punishments, but this is what makes these types of systems so great is the rewards. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so if you're a good Chinese person, well, 
then you get less frequent inspections and audits. <laughs> I mean, how wonderful is yeah. that? These That's are the good. types of things you have to look forward to, people, as long as you're being a good, decent person. Uh, all this stuff, you get fast-tracked approvals for all the government services. Maybe you get a front-row parking spot at the DMV. <laughs> as long as you're, but they have to monitor you so they can decide whether or not you're a good person before you can get the parking spot. Okay, so this yep. is this is how this uh, uh, progression works. So I don't know why you guys are all about protecting privacy when we have all these rewards to look forward to. But that's okay? the you know China's always been way off the deep end. So obviously we know China's got its problems. That would never happen in a nice you know developed Western nation society, or anything like that. Yeah. That's not going to happen. Australia. Testing a selfie check-in program. Here's what they're doing right now. You have an app on your phone, and they ding you on the app, and within five minutes, you have to respond with a selfie of yourself inside your home, or they'll send the police looking for you. So that's awesome. All right. And even people like the, I'm even seeing people like the New York Times and a lot of other, a lot of other newspapers talk about how terrible this was. Now, the big question is, how would the privacy stop that? There's one thing we could do that would actually stop that. And that's if they couldn't force you to show them whether or not you were in your house, that you could have a job without them knowing exactly where it was that you worked or how many hours you worked. Or they didn't know your address to send the police <laughs> to show up to. They didn't know that, yeah. A lot of stuff like that. What about the USA? Luckily, we have freedom here. It's not free. It costs a buck oh five. We know that, but we chipped in. We paid the bill, which was zero, obviously, and <laughs> now we have freedom. Okay? So we have the Fourth Amendment. We talked about that. This is something... When you're, when you're talking across all political aisles, and it's not that just people on the left care about activists, uh, minority rights activists, things like that, but obviously um, this is something that can speak to a lot of people and something that I, I didn't really know a lot about. But the FBI, you know, was, was surveilling Martin Luther King Jr. because he was potentially a communist, and he was going to spread evil communism or whatever it was, or maybe he was changing a lot of people's minds and some things would have happened. And so this is a nice thing to mention for people across all the political spectrums that sometimes even this tyrannical government, even the spying agencies and taking away your right to privacy could stop things that you want to happen because maybe you don't agree with the person who is in control of that government. Like I said, if you talk to someone who's on the left, you really want the government to have all that power? Our last president was Donald Trump. How can you actually argue that you think the government should be in control of all of this? This is the most egregious, a couple of egregious things. Of course, they found out some things that uh, that MLK would not have wanted everyone to know while he was a, while he was a public figure. Okay, This is Robert Kennedy that allowed for this uh, spying to take place. And the worst the worst part was after they found out these things and they found out he was going to get the Nobel Peace Prize, the FBI actually tried to get Martin Luther King Jr. to kill himself, to commit suicide, before he received that prize. And so that is, and that was in FBI documents that came out back in 2013, I think is when that, that came out. So they will go all the way. Now, were they a bunch of racist, terrible people? More than likely. More than likely. But also, some people will tell me that that's the case with everyone who doesn't agree with the things that they believe in. So what could they do for things that, that might stop the things that you care about? And 
and your freedoms and your liberties. So there are ways that you can mention how government privacy has done some bad things to everyone, of course. Now, uh, General Hayden and Clapper argued that the FBI, CIA, and all these organizations, the NSA, weren't actually collecting contents of data. Uh, They couldn't hear your phone calls. I told everyone at the beginning, some of you missed it here at the beginning, to make sure all your phones are on so they could listen to us. Um, But what Snowden revealed was actually that they do have access to all of that uh, through programs like PRISM. Um, And I want to key you guys in to remember when this broke in 2013. Obama was president uh, when when Snowden revealed the leaks. When all of this broke, uh, the key piece, and the government and the media is very good about this. This is what you guys have to pay attention to. The key piece that they kept saying, Obama kept saying, is we're not wiretapping your phones, right? So they focused in on one specific thing that most, let's say, older people would know because of uh, Nixon and the Watergate scandal, right, and how they tapped his phones. They keyed in on one specific thing to say, well, no, we're not wiretapping your phones. We've never wiretapped your phones. We're not collecting your phone calls because we're not wiretapping them. They kept saying that over and over and over again, but they never actually addressed the actual programs. I don't see any wires. They never (laughs) addressed the programs that actually did do those things, that did allow them access to your content, to your emails, your text messages, your photos, your videos, all of those things, which was Prism, X-Keyscore, and all these different programs. And again, I, I'll tell you guys, I watched the debate between uh, Napolitano and Hayden. And Hayden did the same thing. He was the director of the NSA during the Bush eras. He did the same thing by saying, well, you know, Project 702, all we did was collect metadata. And so then you hear this whole thing about metadata. They key in on these very specific things, hoping you would ignore other things like PRISM and X-Keyscore and all the other programs that they were going on simultaneously. Yes, they were collecting metadata, and maybe they can convince you that metadata isn't as bad as actually collecting your content, but they were actually collecting your content and storing it as well. Uh, they probably still are. I say they were. They still are. There's a lot of information in metadata, by the way. You can find people's location, all, uh, all, all sorts of stuff in metadata. Well, that's what I was saying. Even if they could convince you that it's not as bad, yeah, they were still doing all the things you wouldn't want them to do, um, including things that are just like wiretapping your phone. And so the, all of this has led up to right where we're at in America and what could this potentially lead to. Now, the thing, you don't have to worry about that because the Patriot Act expired. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so they're not, you know, we're not worried about it anymore. The big difference with the Freedom Act is that the NSA used to have someone at the communications office for the corporations that was in charge of running the switch between their systems. And the Freedom Act has ensured that they can now do that remotely from the NSA headquarters, and they don't have to have someone inside of their system. So, and it's called freedom. Yeah, and it says freedom. Yeah, it's in the name, so you, obviously it, it gives you freedom. Now, this is uh, something that just happened. We know that this happens sometimes. The government secretly orders Google to identify anyone who searched a specific thing with their address, your telephone number, all of that. 
Now, this is in this is trying to find someone who committed a crime, no doubt, probably a really terrible crime. And that is always the story that will make it out there is the time that they were trying to find someone who committed a crime, because this is all about your safety. And you have to be wor- very, very worried about your safety, so they have to have these powers. Minority report. Yeah, yeah. They Well, that's preventing crime, yeah. too, which is something the government's not supposed to do, but we somehow have decided that they also need to be snooping on everyone to try and prevent crimes from taking place and taking away your rights to stop those crimes from happening. But you don't lose those rights unless you've committed the crime against another person, which we went through in all the, all the different amendments in the Constitution. So it's very sticky how they, how they do that, I would say. Um, there's another thing. You guys ever heard of MITRE Corp? MITRE Corp? That's how they want it to be. The government's been using them for a long time. This is the one that makes their gadgets. This is their technology arm. They make all this, all the secret gadgets that, uh, that James Bond would use, stuff like that. And they also develop a lot of really cool technologies. Uh, they, they, the government has just asked them to create a tool that can hack into your smartwatches, your fitness trackers, your home thermostats for the purposes of homeland security. Homeland Security. That it's is just for the metadata. It's though. to keep you. Safe. It's just for metadata. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all it is, and it's to keep you safe. So that's that's fine. There's nothing. There's also uh, to collect what they call human fingerprints from social media. So it's going to just really create. It's going to create like a online and AI version of yourself right there. You're going to know everything about you. Supporting and building what the FBI calls the biggest database of human anatomy and criminal history in the world. It's got to be about criminals, for sure. And they would never abuse those powers, though. It's, this is for safety, and the government doesn't abuse powers. So there's nothing to worry about. It's okay. One thing I want to tell you guys about is the Disclose Act. All right? This is something I believe has been trying to, they've been trying to pass it since 2010. Is that when that started? 2010, I believe, with the Disclose Act. It keeps, you know, they can't put it in there because it's not constitutional. They can't do it. But they keep trying to find ways to put this inside of all the new bills. No doubt they'll try to sneak it into a bill that's 8,000 pages long, and it's going to have this one little thing in there, of course, that's just going to keep you safe also. So in the Disclose Act, that basically means if you have a nonprofit organization, also a labor organizations, super PACs, any of that stuff, that uh, if someone donates to you, well, that organization has to provide all of your information of the donors. Now, what would be an interesting question is how many of you, if you donated to People United for Privacy, and you knew that there's a potential that the government can target people who donate, or that you would be doxxed online or people are going to show up at your house, if you knew that that were a potential, would there be anything weighing on you to not make donations to nonprofit organizations that were advocating for actions that the government did not like? It probably would be, which that, is why they want to pass it. That would never happen, though, right? I mean, no. the IRS and other government, no. they would never target no, they don't do stuff a specific like group of people. No, they don't do that. For any reason whatsoever. No, so once again, what's the goal of the act of Senator Sheldon Whitehouse just said? What the bill would do is require anybody who's spending more than 10000 to declare that it's them. My guess is that more than two-thirds of the big money just goes away. Well, that's good. We got big money out of there. Now, it's $10,000. And another thing we know the government won't do is start at a number that most people will think it doesn't affect them and then gradually increase that number to where it affects a lot more people afterwards. They wouldn't do anything like that either. Once again, how do we get to tyranny? This one step at a time. 
And they are good at this. They are good at incrementalism, incrementalism towards tyranny. That is what they are the best at. It's always just a little bit, just enough that you're going to be okay with it because of this specific instance that just happened. Some uh, donor organization was doing something, and it, and maybe one of the pers- one of the people that was a member of an organization committed a crime sometime against someone. And so obviously we need to know the names of every single person that's involved in every single organization. They just need to get their foot in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And so what what if they were to use any of this against you, which, of course, they wouldn't because they're the government. They're looking out for the rights of the people. They're governed by this thing that says they can't do certain things. They care about you. Yeah, they care. That's what the that's right. That's the right word. They care for the government. They care. Yeah. And so we know what the IRS did in 2012, I believe, is when when this was going on. This there's just bad people in the organization, though. You get the right people in the organization, and they're not going to do that. Right. And, of course, they were targeting Tea Party groups, specifically conservative organizations, making it harder for them to do the things that they wanted to do. And what does that say about people who are talking about democracy all the time? I mean, that they would want to do things that would discourage political advocacy, they want to discourage people from donating towards organizations that were doing things that they don't like. Do they actually care about democracy? Is that really something that they care about? Or is it really power that they care about? So in this, it was a targeting of tax-exempt applications for additional scrutiny and inquiry based on inappropriate criteria, including organizations' names and policy positions. The inappropriate criteria was the fact that they were conservatives, what was happening. So they requested all sorts of, inter- of information, all right, the donor names, the issues that were important to those people, things that you don't want them to know because what if they were to use that against you? What if they were then to take that and then spy on you and then try to hold something over you to get you to kill yourself? That's not something they would do either. We know that that's not... I'm sorry, that was an extreme example, but it's something that happened. But it's something that, and then, see, I was going to say, through all this facetiousness that we're practicing right now, right, we're being very sarcastic because... We, you try to add a lighter note onto things that are actually really serious. And so we're saying, like, this would never happen. But we're talking about things that have actually happened in the United States of America. And why privacy is such a big deal. Why these rights are so important and foundational to keeping people free. Right? To, to not allow a society in which 100 million people can, can be massacred. Right, mm. which is what happened in the 20th century. Interesting thing in 2013, Lois Lerner, she was brought up uh, to talk about this, and she attempted to plead the fifth. So, which meant that she thought that there were things that the uh, government should not know about whether or not she did. I just thought that that was pretty interesting. But we learned our lessons. We don't have to worry about this anymore. The American people are now demanding more privacy from the IRS. Okay, except for the fact that now they want to look at the bank accounts of anyone who's had more than six hundred dollars in transactions or six hundred dollar balance. Now remember, remember, this is key. It started at ten grand. Before. Yeah, now they're going to everyone, and now it's going down <laughs> to six hundred. Isn't this interesting? When we talked about the Disclose Act, it was going to start. It's ten grand. Now they've been looking at deposits of ten thousand dollars or more for a very long time through the banking industry. It's a requirement. It's a banking regulation. That if you have deposits over ten thousand dollars, it must be reported to the IRS. Well, now that's the way it started. Remember, that's one thing at a time. Now they want to go down to six hundred dollars, which is going to catch the biggest whales of tax evasion cheaters in the history of America. Okay, <laughs> we need to drop it from ten to six hundred, ten thousand to six hundred, so we can catch these monsters out there just evading taxes. In a in a world where. 
we're told constantly that a small portion of the population that owns all the money and gets all of the income, we also need to look at every single person's bank account because that's going to help the IRS collect more taxes from people who at the end of the year, let's just face it, they don't owe any taxes at the end of the year. They probably end up getting paid out. All right. So we talked about that. Once again, why does this matter? Because we know that throughout history, there have been tyrannical governments and they have to take away your privacy to have the power that they have. They have to. We don't have any... Can you name any tyrannical governments? Any governments that have done all the terrible things throughout history that we constantly talk about that allowed the people to have whatever privacy it was that they wanted? Are there any of them? No. That's not possible. No? Well, by the way, if anyone ever wants to say anything or ask any questions or talk during this, we're recording the podcast episode right now and, and got the video camera right here on us and anyone who listens to the podcast would love to also hear from other people so that would be good because they're sick of us well and it's and it's why we brought up australia right because you take away the guns you start to inhibit free speech you take away their privacy and look at what's playing out i mean libertarians have been crazy for decades and even as these things are playing out they still gaslight you as if they're not actually happening but it's actually happening in a, in a quote-unquote Western democracy. But that is all, of course, to keep you safe. That is why they Go that's ahead. why they do this. Just, just curious, so, like, uh, I know they, they've added amendments and stuff, like, for prohibition and took it away, but it's always a pending. So if they did, for some reason, want to give us more privacy, or if we wanted to put an amendment into law, would we amend the fourth, or would we append a new thing that included privacy of technology, computers, internet? You would, you would add on to it, so it would the fourth would stay. Uh, I, and now, in the language, you could uh, say that the Fourth Amendment is hereby rescinded. So like when they took away prohibition, they, they didn't yes. remove the amendment that said you couldn't buy or transport alcohol. They just basically said it's no they, longer applicable. Yeah, and, yeah. and so... I, what's funny is I took it out of our presentation, but I wrote an amendment for this conversation because that would be... But then again, I was like, well, I don't really want to look on the government to solve these problems because I don't think that they'd be... I get really weary of anyone opening up the Constitution itself and deciding that they can do things to change it. I know a lot of people talk about the Convention of the States and doing stuff like that. I, I hope that there is a way to uh, secure our liberties better, but I get really weary of people from 2021 being able to crack open that box and do anything. But it, one thing I would do is the way that they do this is they get, they get the data from the corporations that are collecting the data. So they, uh, they can either force them, they can coerce them, they can create the incentives, uh, and that is where they actually get all the data from. You know, the gov- we're not using uh, iGovernment I phones or iPhone by the government or anything. We're using them from, from these corporations. So one of the things I wanted to put in there uh, was, that, the gov- was that, that the state shall not... Uh, basically coerce any individual, corporation, organization to provide any information that was not freely given by those organizations. And I had some other good stuff that was written in there and lawyer, lawyer speak that sounded really good. And since I'm not a lawyer or speak lawyer, I can't remember what I came up with at 2 a.m. one day when we did that. But I think there is a way to do that. I would just be worried about listing out like computers and phones and stuff, 
you know, because, because who knows what's going to because a hundred years from now, what is it? What if they would have listed that out when they actually wrote the Constitution and we listed out now? Every time there's a new invention, we need to list out what that covers. I, the we'll talk about solutions here in a second, and I'm glad that that's where you're thinking because I do think we need to we need to figure out what the solutions are. One of them is to one of one of them is to decrease the power of the government to be consistently doing that to decrease all the things that they have the ability to control in our lives, and they simply won't have the need to gather a lot of that once they once you decrease their power. Now, are we ever going to do that? I don't really see a lot of things that the government passes to decrease the government. But what's up? The way you can do it is with free open source software, build better tools. And that's exactly one of the the best solutions when it comes to uh, how... You know what? What is? How do we actually protect privacy? Right? Do we rely on the government to pass another law? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't uh, invoke some legislation at state levels and local levels and even the federal level. I'm not. I'm saying we should advocate for those things. But one of the best solutions we have is creating products and services where the government actually can't access it. So we have end-to-end encryption now, where you literally can't go to the corporation and say, "Hey, I want to see this data." Like we don't have it. It's only between these two devices, right? So they have to have access to the device. Until they make that illegal. Yeah, until they make that illegal yeah. or whatever. But, unless, but, unless you've been vaccinated. But then we can keep coming up with solutions. I see you got Bitcoin socks on. Um, and so cryptocurrencies or crypto transactions, right? I'm sure eventually we're going to be communicating on uh, some type of... Blockchain. Uh, blockchain. I think blockchain is a big answer. I don't think we know what it's going to do yet. I think it's still so new, and people are uh, trying to get used to the idea of it. I think there are so many applications of the blockchain technology that's going to solve a lot of these problems, especially when it comes to privacy, because that's one of the main things uh, that you get with that, that we don't really know what they are yet. And they might not even be readily apparent to us what they are, or we might not even know about them very well because that's how good they are at privacy. And if you made it such a big deal, then the government would obviously just go against it. Um, There are a couple solutions. So one thing we know that they want to take this because they want control because they have to have control over over populations to do even do good things. If I've I've heard something that they want to do (laughs) sometime. Still waiting for yeah. them to do some good things. But you can assume that they weren't just malicious in their intent and that the people that were getting in the government wanted to do good things. And then your question is, well, what about the next person who's in that position? Are they going to be this perfect angel that's going to do this? And that that brings us to what you guys were just talking about, which well, is the market. And even Snowden talked about how when he was there, he was like, oh, Obama believes in privacy and he's going to help us all those things that's why he stayed he said but then when he realized the status quo was the same he was like i can't in good conscience conscience keep this up i have to do something about it uh and that was his line in in the concrete really not the sand because the sand can adjust this is line in the snow a line in the sand is pretty weak actually it is. i don't I know why people it. say yeah. that you know Huh. I mean, I understand the historical significance of it, but we have concrete now, so I think exactly. we should we should maybe move on to that. So the idea that we are just talking about is that people, we don't have to rely on the government to solve these problems, that people are going to end up finding a way to solve these problems, and maybe even some of the big corporations, big tech, are going to do things 
to solve the problems. I think there's one who is doing some really good things. There's one who's doing some good stuff. Okay, there's probably multiple, but there's one that has its own slide coming up here in a second. It's Apple. Don't throw anything at me, but in the new update for iOS, uh, you are now forced to answer the question, do you want to share all of your data across all of the apps with all of the other apps that want your data? You now have to answer that question. And so it, it was something that was an option. I had already turned it off on my phone a while back. You find it way deep, eight levels down in the privacy settings on your phone. It's kind of like a game to go through the settings. It is, it? yeah. Oh, what's this? You know, what level am I on now? Yeah. So I made it to privacy level one time and I turned that off. But what that means is, and this has been bad for companies like Facebook, is that they only get the data from Facebook. If you click that button, then that's it. They don't get the data from the other apps that are on your phone, which is something that they've been doing for a long time, including your GPS and all of the other stuff. Now, when you use Facebook, you hit a button that says that they can access your photos. So they can go through things that you've given them access to. But now you know that if you get some other apps, Apple is actually not allowing Facebook to collect the data from those other apps. That's something that they just did pretty recently, and people were very upset about them, especially Facebook, because they make all of their money by having really good advertising uh, for companies, and the way that they make it so efficient is that they have all of this data. All right? So, what's up? What I have? I got a bug on me? Spider. Yeah. A spider? Yeah. I got okay. it. Don't worry. All right. So, yeah, it forms app tracking transparency. We'll call will require apps to get the user's permission before tracking their data across apps or websites owned by other companies. And here is how we know that people want privacy. People want it, okay? 96% of the iOS users have said that they do not want to share their data across the other apps. 96%. This has been really bad for the companies who make their money off of this data. But Apple knows that people want this privacy. They know that. And so actually they have an incentive to give people that privacy if they want it. And they're and, in competition with companies like yeah. Facebook and Google and other major tech companies. And so, of course, they have an incentive to provide something that people actually want against their competitors. And so this is how the free market is so good. It's so good at solving these types of problems. Uh, the date they did this, it was in iOS 14.5 that they said it was going to be released. I only That article was from 30 days ago, the one that was just up there. I don't know specifically when they did it, but... Does it have anything to do with their stock going down? Uh, maybe. Uh, it, Potentially, but it has had a lot to do with Facebook stock going down. Um, well, that and other stuff that's been going on with Facebook. But well, that's the market really overall. Big, the whole market has been yeah. for, for a little bit, yeah. About 30 days ago, their stock started going down. It's, it's very potential. It, it is, and they probably they probably also made money from doing that. And it was it was actually, now that you mention that, they ran ads for Apple based on your... Uh, your actions on other apps as well, and they were saying that their ability to run ads uh, for their platforms would be hurt by this as well, and that they would end up having less sales for things like uh, Apple TV, stuff like that. They weren't going to look and see what other stuff you're doing. So, uh, But 
what they might found is uh, what they might find is that people who care about privacy, even if they are someone who uses an Android phone, is Google. I don't know if Google is quite as good on this front as as Apple is right now. I actually I don't have a phone that is is Google based at all, so maybe they are. But I'm pretty sure Apple is the first one to decide that you couldn't share any of that, or that you could have the option. The option is important. The choice. The ability to consent to those people having your data. And that is something that we actually do. People don't think so, but we consent with Facebook as well. All of us, all of us took the time to read the uh, 25,000-word privacy disclosure. And understand it. And understand that you consulted a lawyer, of course, to go through what all that was. But... Not being sarcastic, all of us hit the button saying that we accepted it, and then we still used Facebook, assuming anyone in here that uses Facebook. We decided that we were okay with that, and that is because there was a value proposition between the two of those. What do you get from Facebook, and what do you get from having that privacy? And you're able to make that decision, even if you feel like you were forced to do it. Mark Zuckerberg has never came to my house and grabbed my phone and told me that I had to put Facebook on my phone and use it all the time. There was a value proposition there made where you got to make a choice that it was more important for you to use this app than it was for you to have privacy when it comes to all the things that they are collecting. And now I would like for them to not take the things that they do. Uh, I would like for them to collect less data. I also oddly like my ads that I get. That's weird. I'm one of I don't know anyone else that says that, but I enjoy the Facebook ad process because I found so many cool things that I feel like I would have never found before I got those apps, uh, those ads. And so, I don't know, I'll be the weird one. Well, and there's a I'm difference. A 4%er. Well, there's <laughs> there's a difference between choosing that value proposition and it being forced on you uh, by the government. And so why does the government, anybody know why the government wants to regulate social media? Why do they want to put regulations on big tech and, and Facebook and those different types of things? You remember that conversation about them trying to create the biggest human database that they possibly could through the FBI and all of their other agencies from 80 slides ago? For MITRE? For MITRE. Mm. Why not just create a government agency that regulates social media, and of course to regulate them you'll have to have all of their data. You'll have to have everything. I thought it was for your safety. Oh yeah, this, my bad. It's for your safety. <laughs> that's what it is. Because keep you safe. No, but, that's, but you bring up the actual point, which is to regulate social media. We have to have access to all their data. So that's what they're really after here. They're after uh, control, speech, privacy, all of those different things. And so that's kind of wraps up this whole conversation from why we care about privacy to what it actually leads to. And through all of these different little things that the government does, remember it's one step at a time, we've come full circle on why privacy is so important and why we need to protect ourselves and have privacy from the government and that we need transparency from the government, not the other way around. So what I want to ask is if anyone... In the anyone has any solutions that we haven't talked about that could actually do this, or any ideas for laws or ways that you could protect that? I have a hard time imagining the government creating laws that end up protecting liberties. But I, 
I try to I try to hope that they can do that someday, that we'll get the right people in our representation, that they will do that. And I hope that does happen, and I think it's valuable for that to happen, of course. But I still look to things that are in the markets to protect our data because those are the people that are actually having to answer to us to actually get our money because they don't get to forcefully take our money from us without our consent. So I do still lean on the market fixing these things. And this is pretty much the end of that thing. But I mean, literally, the only thing I decided through doing this was that I was going to get a membership with the best VPN company that I could possibly find. And uh, whatever it was, I'm going to search the one that does not share your data with other people because the free ones, by the way, they're still going to share your data with other people. They give you a, a little bit of privacy there. And of course, eventually down the road, I imagine the government's going to come for VPNs and maybe even make those illegal someday. I think that that's, I don't see why they haven't done it yet, to be honest with you. And then they, Thank you. They just started texting me through Signal yesterday. You know? <laughs> so I was like, what's, what's this? I sent him a note via carrier pigeon when I was writing <laughs> some of this the other night because right. of uh, how important I found this to be. So, yeah, I think that, that that's all I can come up with in the, in the free market right now is use Apple and get a nice VPN. Other than that, you have to support people that are going to advocate for your liberty, that are going to actually restrict the government, that are going to protect the rights that you have, not give you new rights. It's not a new right to privacy that you have. It's make sure that the government's not continuing to take it away. And when they do, they're held accountable.